So in this meditation, I want to continue the exploration of the heart. So in the Buddha's teaching, he talked about the, what he called the divine abodes of the heart, the different facets. And the heart has many different facets and qualities. And so uh, the known as um, meta-loving-kindness, which we've been exploring today and yesterday, compassion, which I'll share a little about, uh, appreciative joy, and equanimity. Or another way of putting it, the heart that is loving, that is caring, that is rejoicing, and accepting. And we all have that capacity in our heart to love, to care, to rejoice, to allow, to accommodate. And there's many times that our hearts also shut down out of fear, out of pain, out of um, all the ways that we uh, feel loss or rejection or so many ways that the heart can uh, feel tight. And I know many of you have reported today in the groups you know, as, as much as you came here to be radiantly loving all life, you felt numb, you felt flat, you felt bored, you felt like the practice is dry, and you wonder what's happened to the metta and the love that you know in your life. So it's a practice, it takes time, it takes patience, it takes persistence. It sometimes takes a while to warm, warm up the embers of the heart. So the practice of compassion, karuna, beautiful facet of the heart, beautiful quality that I feel like is so central to our lives, central to the spiritual path. And as we walk on this journey, as I said yesterday in my talk, ultimately in a mature, uh, developed heart, we move through the life, move through life with a kind presence, right? We fuse the qualities of awareness and kindness. So we meet experience with a compassionate presence. We meet each other with a caring attention. This ability to be with what is, but also with kindness and care. So ordinarily when the heart's open, there's that quality of loving of appreciating. And then when the heart meets, turns towards the inevitable pains and sorrows and difficulties and challenges in ourselves and in others, it takes on the flavor of compassion, which is not just loving, but has a responsive, caring, dynamic dynamic element which wants to reach out and help in some way, wants to relieve the suffering. Doesn't just want to watch and notice and be mindful, but also wants to actually be very active and dynamic to help, to alleviate. And you all know this experience in yourselves. There are many, many times if you look at your life where you're naturally caring, you're naturally responsive. A friend or a loved one or a child or even a stranger sometimes, you, you encounter someone who's fallen down or is sick or is hurting, and you reach out. You put a hand on their shoulder, you listen to them, you call them up, you take them food when they're sick, right? Our lives are full of examples of compassionate care. 
And I think it's really important to, that we look at all the ways that we have these qualities. It's not that we're coming to Spirit Rock, we're going to grab some matter and compassion and put it in our chest. No, it's already in you. It's, we're, just, we're just opening up the channels, we're, we're releasing the obstacles to that. We're finding the embers of the heart. These are innate qualities. There's a great cartoon from Gary Larson from the far side, who I think of as a great Dharma teacher. And he um, is this picture of uh, Satan in hell. And there's all these roaring fires behind him. And uh, there's a caption underneath. And there's a few new recruits coming into hell. And, and the caption says, despite his repeated efforts, Satan could never... Uh, uh, persuade his mother from offering cookies and milk to the accursed. And so his mom's there with a little horn and a tail and a penny with Satan on it and giving cookies and milk to the, to the new recruits in hell. Right? It's innate part of our heart to respond, to care, to love. Right? So we want to feel that. We have that capacity. And at times, of course, it's shut down. We, 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 we numb out. We, we can't open to the love in us, to the pain in ourselves. Very common. Or we, we're triggered by somebody else, so we withdraw. And that's why we, we grow this, this heart muscle to be more responsive, uh, particularly with ourselves. It's, I, think, I think generally we're kind and caring with each other, but with ourselves, we're often so cruel. We're rejecting, we're mean, just like the other ways I talked about it with the critic. It's, a, it's one of the opposites of compassion, which is cruelty, harshness with speech. <coughs> so <coughs> when our heart is open, when we're in presence, and we meet suffering, compassion arises. So I want to I share a story that's a, just a lovely example of that, and then we'll do some practice. <coughs> this is from Dr. Richard Selzer surgeon. I stand by the bed where a young woman lies, her face post-operative, her mouth twisted in palsy and clownish looking. A tiny twig of the facial nerve, the one to the muscles of her faith, her mouth has been severed. She will be thus from now on. As surgeon, I had followed with religious fervor the curve of her flesh. Nevertheless, to remove the tumor in her cheek, I had to cut out the little nerve. A young husband is in the room. He stands on the opposite side of the bed, and together they seem to dwell in the evening lamplight, isolated from me in private. Who are they, I ask myself? He and this wry mouth who gaze and touch each other so generously. The woman speaks. Will my mouth always be like this? She asks. Yes, I say. It's because the nerve was, the nerve was cut. She nods and is silent. But the young man smiles. I like it, he says. It's kind of cute. All at once I know who he is. I understand and I lower my gaze. One is not bold in an encounter with a god. And mindful of my presence, he bends to kiss her crooked mouth. And I'm so close I can see how he twists his own, his own lips to accommodate hers, to show her that their kiss still works. I remember the gods appeared in ancient Greece as mortals. I hold my breath and let the wonder in. I always get teary when I read that. It's such a beautiful, simple expression of compassion. Here's his loved one, post-surgery, vulnerable face contorted by the surgery. And he meets it beautifully, responsively, kindly. That's compassion. If you're feeling 
responding to that story, you're also probably feeling the tenderness. Compassion is tender. It meets the vulnerability of humanness, meets our own vulnerability, which is part of being human, is to be vulnerable. And so, in all the different ways that we we struggle, the only appropriate response is is compassion. The same with the suffering in the world. So let's uh, do some practice. So how I'll do this is I'll guide us in a, it's really a fusion of of metta and and, and compassion in that I'll be uh, orienting you to wish metta for, um, one way it's often taught and I teach it is you wish metta for someone who's doing well and then you turn to someone who you know, who you love, who's, who's not doing so well, who's suffering. And then you feel that shift in quality from wishing well to wishing them to be free of suffering. So the main phrases for compassion is, may you be free of pain and suffering or sorrow. And may you hold that suffering with, with kindness and ease. Right? Because it's qu- quite often, you know, maybe you're wishing uh, relief from suffering for a friend who's got terminal cancer. And you know that's not going to heal. May you hold your difficulty and your pain with ease, with kindness. So many things in life and the burdens we carry we can't resolve, but we can learn to be with them with care, with kindness. And that's what the compassion practice is also pointing to. And then then doing the same with ourselves. So sitting comfortably, (coughs) sitting at ease, Relaxed. Sensing your heart, and if it helps, you can put your hand on your heart. Feeling the breath in the center of your chest. And just noticing and allowing what's present right now. And calling to mind the person that's easiest for you to feel warmth and care and love for. Maybe a child, a relative, good friend, spiritual teacher. And it's important to establish a Strong sense of this person, visualize them, say their name, sensing their goodness. And extending wishes of loving kindness. Be happy and peaceful. May you be healthy and strong. Or 
as strong as you're able to be, as healthy as you're able to be. May you be safe and protected. And may you live your life with ease. So saying your phrases slowly, genuinely, staying connected with this person or animal and with the meaning of the phrases. being watchful of getting lost in thoughts about this person, coming back to this simple wish, may you be happy. May you feel peaceful. May you be healthy. May you live with ease.
Now calling into your heart, a loved one and someone whom's easy for you to feel this sense of warmth and care, but who's going through a hard time right now? Physically challenged, health issues, life challenges, relationship difficulties, mental health challenges. Calling into your heart, someone you care about, maybe family, or someone else you're close to. And compassion is turning towards, to feel with the pain of another. So as you call this person into your heart, you're also allowing yourself to be touched by their pain, to really let their experience in. Visualizing this person, sensing them, sensing their struggle or pain. And if the pain is intense, using your breath as a way to be able to breathe with that pain, to hold it. Noticing the resonance in your heart, compassion is a quivering of the heart response to pain. And extending phrases of compassion. May you be free of pain, of suffering. May you hold your pain and struggles with ease with kindness. You may add a phrase, I care about you. May you be free of pain and difficulty. May you hold your pain in yourself with kindness, with ease, Staying connected with this person as you offer them these wishes.
calling to mind a dear friend. Someone with whom there's a strong connection with, warmth, ease in the friendship. But again, choosing someone who is having some burden, some difficulty, some struggle. physical pain, or heart pain, relationship woes. Don't have to look very far usually. And taking a moment to sense this person's goodness, what it is you love about them. And also letting in their difficulty, their distress, their sorrow. And know that your heart has tremendous capacity to hold the pain of the world, of another. And as we turn to them, sense their difficulty, we offer them the same phrases, I care about you, I care that you're suffering. May you be free of pain and sorrow. May you hold your pain and yourself with ease, with kindness. Be free of pain and suffering. May you hold your suffering with kindness and ease. Staying connected to this person, to their struggle, and the heart's compassionate wish for them.
Now turning that same lens of care towards yourself. Tuning to the ways that you struggle, physically, emotionally, mentally, the sorrows you're carrying from losses, the life challenges, the fears and anxieties, and whatever ways that you experience pain turning towards yourself, not with judgment, but with compassion, feeling the pain, feeling the struggle. And offering those same wishes to yourself. May I be free of pain and suffering. May I hold myself and my difficulties with kindness, with forgiveness, with care. holding yourself with a loving presence, attuning to the pain and sorrows that you carry, past or present. And offering wishes that express your loving care for yourself. May I be free of pain of sorrow. May I hold my distress and struggles with kindness, with ease.
extending this same wish to people here in this room, those you know, those you don't know. We can know that everybody here has some kind of burden, some loss, some struggle, perhaps why they're here in the first place. Can we extend the same heart of compassion? May we all be free from pain and sorrow. May we hold our suffering with kindness and care. Extending more broadly out to the world, all the vastness of pain in the world, those who are sick, those who are imprisoned, those who are oppressed, those who are grieving, all the myriad ways that we can suffer generating that boundless heart of compassion. May all those who are suffering be free of pain and suffering. May they all hold their difficulties with kindness, with care, beings, or life, or species, be free from pain and sorrow, hold such suffering with care, with compassion.
I'll close with a poem I wrote called The Turning, which is about turning towards our own difficulty with kindness. Your only duty is not to run from here, from this. Even if the hole of loss burns deep in your belly and on waking you feel the dread of walking into the day. You could pretend, try putting on a face other than your own, but that's a game that's never worked and only burns a deeper hole inside the pocket of longing, making the shell you've chosen to live in more hollow. But there are times when there's no choice but to surrender, to turn towards your loneliness, the empty places within you've spent a lifetime running from, embracing them with delicate hands of love, the way the evening fog envelops the solitary tree without flinching, pressing into and loving every gnarled crevice, every twisted branch, even the forgotten needles fall into the ground. This is the first step that begins a slow journey of completeness, keeps inviting you deeper into the roots of yourself, claiming your place that has been waiting, that is always right here. So this is a beautiful quality, this is a beautiful practice, not necessarily an easy practice because it means we turn towards the pain, which is not what we're used to doing, right? We'd rather run away, go to get some ice cream and put the TV on and crack open a beer and forget about it. But of course, there's so much pain that we can't run away from. And so compassion is, has a courage in it, it's a fearless quality. And um, this also can provide some tremendous resilience with dealing with the pain in the world. And you might also be aware of the paradox in the phrases, may all beings be free of suffering. Good luck, right? Not happening in a world where people get old, sick and die, right? But the heart wishes everyone to be well regardless. The mind may create all kinds of objections of how that's illogical, not possible, and half the fish in the sea have to eat the other fish in the sea to live, and all of that. And we want all fish to be well. I want the owls who live here to be well, and I want the mouse to be here, live here to be well, and the, the owl lives on the mice. And, and yet the heart wants all to be well. So when you're going through the day in your practice, and you're Either you're struggling or you're, you're wishing metta for someone who, and you're tuning to their pain and their struggle, it often makes more sense to shift from wishing them to be happy to wishing them to be free of pain, to wishing them to be hold their difficulty with ease. Sometimes it feels more tuned to use compassion phrases than the metta phrases. Right? So ultimately, it doesn't really matter what we're doing. We're just cultivating a heart for kindness in the tuning with our presence and our phrases. And we can also take times to cultivate 
each quality distinctly with the phrases. Maybe you walk in and you see someone's uh, sobbing and you wish them to be free of pain. You know? Or you think of a, a dear friend who's struggling with cancer and you wish them to be, f- to be healthy and free of distress. So it's, it's, it provides more sort of all well-rounded capacity to meet the variety of experience in the world. So we have a few minutes for questions. Anything that's coming up in response? Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.